Now let's talk about real estate, right? Let's talk about what you can and can't do with real estate. Why, why do people call real estate the best vehicle to get rich with? Why do they say that? Well, first of all, if you're buying your first home through an FHA, Federal Housing Authority, uh, loan, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you can get into those for 3% down. Okay, so that means if you're going to buy a $100,000 house, because I like easy math, you're going to have to come up with $3,000. They will loan you the rest if you have a good credit score, right? They're going to loan you the rest, and they're going to lock that leverage in for 30 years, if you'd like, that's going to allow them to be your partner, and you only have to bring 3% of the value to the deal. Okay? Now, I do a lot of stuff, and nobody lets me do a deal with 3% down. Nobody. Nobody lets me be the principal. No, nobody lets me decide what color we're going to paint it. Nobody lets me decide if we're going to plant trees in the yard or if we're going to redo the roof. Nobody lets me decide any of those things for 3% down. But if you're buying your first home, they're going to let you. If you get a conventional loan, they'll start at about 10% down. Again, I'm into a deal more than that. When I'm doing my multifamily stuff, when I'm doing my industrial stuff, it's 20% with the bank. Right. So when you really look at the leverage capability that you have, you have an incredible leverage. Right. Then you get into the tax code. Right. The IRS says that your house, as long as it's a rental property, is only going to last 31 and a half years. Right. So when you go talk to your accountant, you say, I just bought this hundred thousand dollar rental house. The accountant says, oh, that's fantastic. Did you get a mortgage on it? Yes. Okay, well, we can deduct the interest. That doesn't mean that you paid $100 in interest and you get $100 back from the government. What that means is that if you're in the 20% tax bracket, you paid $100 in interest to control your leveraged asset that somebody else is paying the mortgage on, and the government says we are going to allow you to take that against your ordinary income, so you made $100 at your W-2 job, and you've got $100 in mortgage uh, interest that you're going to take against that. That means that you're not going to pay that 20% tax. So it's going to be a $20 value to you. Okay, So you're going to, you're going to be able to, to take that mortgage interest, and you're going to be able to use that to get a refund on your taxes or pay less in taxes. Right? Then depreciation, like I was talking about with depreciation. You're going to take that depreciation, you're going to take the value of that house, and you're going to divide that by 31 and a half years. I believe that's correct. Um, so if I take $100,000, I'm running a calculator here and talking, so this is really a challenge for me, and I divide that by 31.5, I'm going to take $3,175 off of my earned income every year. So if I make $100,000 at my job, I'm going to take $3,100 off of that, and as far as Uncle Sam knows, I lost $3,100 in value in that house because it became worth less, and so I'm going to take that, and I'm going to subtract that off of there, and I'm now going to have a, uh, a 9600 and change, $96,900 tax bill because I depreciated that house, right? So I've taken the mortgage interest. I've taken that off of there. I've taken the depreciation. I've taken that off of there. Uh, I've taken the um, 
I still have 100% control and I'm still massively leveraged, right? Then as that asset grows, I'm going to say that in a normal market, 3 to 5% is going to be normal growth in a market. So my $100,000 house is going to be worth $105,000, but the IRS doesn't see it that way until later, until I go to sell it, right? The other thing that I'm going to be able to do specifically with, um, with a real estate asset is I'm going to be able to take the income I get, and I'm not going to have to take that income as regular income. I'm going to take that as a dividend or a passive rental income. And so instead of getting taxed at the higher rate, I'm going to get that at about 18% for the feds. So I'm going to get that brought to my door for less. So I'm getting money for less and I'm getting tax benefits that associate with the interest and I'm getting tax benefits that associate with the uh, loss of value that they see in it and if you go in and do uh, do segregation of costs as far as how things happen you can even take that to a whole nother level and there's people out there that specialize in that I don't but if you take those things you have now controlled an asset for three percent down you've had someone uh, come in and rent that from you and not pay you as your ordinary income. They've paid you as a passive income, so that's been taxed less. Meanwhile, you're getting all these deductions from that. And if and when you go to sell that house, you have the ability to roll that real estate into another piece of real estate without paying taxes. What? Yeah, without paying capital gains tax on that. But Let's just say that you decide you don't want to play that 1031 game, and that's, that's, that's because it's IRS code 1031. But let's just say you don't. If you go make $10,000 in your regular job, you're going to be in the 25, 27, 28, 30% tax bracket. It's going to be a higher tax bracket than most of your other incomes. It's higher than your passive income. And let's face it, most people are in that 30% right? 35% tax bracket. When you take and you make money in real estate, you don't pay that as ordinary income. You've, if you've owned a house for 366 days in its current capacity, making you rents, you have the ability to pay what's called capital gains tax. Capital gains tax is a completely different bracket, and that puts you at about 28%, which if you're at the 34% tax bracket, that's a deal. But you've also been able to depreciate out the value. So if you bought it for 100000 and over the years you've depreciated out 50000 they're going to recapture that on you, right? So you're going to have to pay some of that back at some point. So there comes a point when it becomes very beneficial to 1031 into another property so that you don't have to pay those taxes. Now, how would you like to do that? How would you like to make $20,000 on a property when you sell it and not have to pay taxes on that by identifying and buying another property. 